Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name, of course, is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. This man next to me is my vice mayor. I feel like we haven't been in the same room together in weeks. It's been a while. The one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Uh, and we are very excited to be discussing Eduardo Rodriguez's introductory press conference today. Of course, uh, you guys are all here. We appreciate you guys being here in the chat today. Make sure, of course, if you haven't done so, uh, to subscribe to the channel, sign up for notifications, Make sure you're a diehard member, all of that good stuff. But we are amped and excited for baseball. Uh, we want it back already because after being out there and listening to Erod speak, uh, I'm, I can't wait to watch this guy play baseball for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, well, first of all, I have to say that I saw Derek without a hat on today, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think it's I mean, been months. There's hair under there. I, I think promise. it. Wow, you did it yeah. on the show, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think it has been uh, since before the purple hair days. I'm not yeah, probably. I mean, there was there was some permanent damage there done to my hair, but based on the purple. That's fair. Uh, Jody Jackson today gasped at the sight of my <laughs> hair. She was like, "It's back. It's not purple anymore, and it's also not as bad as you made it out to be." And I was like, "Yeah, well, look, I know. Some time. Yeah, well, wait, we'll see. We'll see." Anyway, yes, yeah, so we wait are here. Wait until it's lime green. Wait until it's lime green. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. You're, you're going to follow after uh, one Gabby Moreno in that regard. Yes, uh, but yes, we are here to talk about Eduardo Rodriguez and uh, his press conference today, which I believe was live broadcasted on MLB Network, at least oh, okay. a portion of it was. Uh, so maybe some people were able to, to see some bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, he had his family with him in, in the front row. Um, we had to move because well. of it. We did, yes, we did, happily, have, to, we did have to move to make way for Eduardo Rodriguez's family, <laughs> which is one of the one of the better reasons I've ever been asked to, to move absolutely, from one place to another. Absolutely. I'm, not moving, I'm, not, I'm not moving for some of those other you know, media guys, but I'll yeah, move for a yeah, family. Yeah, Steve Gilbert wants me to Steve move. Steve Gilbert, you know, I'm not moving for fucking Steve Gilbert. Irrelevant. But I will say <laughs> this, when it comes to family and his family being there present, us moving for his family, yeah. that was a very big part of everything that was important to Eduardo Rodriguez when it came to his future, his career in this game. We know at one time we we discussed his family uh, lived in in Miami while he was playing in Detroit, and I'm sure that was uh, very difficult. It's it's never easy on a team. We discussed uh, a lot of things with him today, but of course the one thing on on everybody's mind was why he signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks. First, we got to get a shot of him putting on or or holding up that beautiful new home jersey. Uh, here's the there's the official handshake. It's the official. Here's my jacket. Uh, Mike makes a comment about the jacket being very expensive. He says, no, 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 it's not. Uh, but <laughs> we get the cream colored jersey. Uh, interesting to me, I thought when he held it up, Jesse, was that I'm like, that must not that's not too different from uh, the Detroit Tigers jersey that he's used to putting on currently as far as the look goes, you know, the pinstripes, the logo on the side, everything yeah, like that. I guess that. there's but, some some overlap there. Yeah, but uh, all smiles for for Erod making his uh, first appearance at Chase Field today. Yeah, some people, I, I think you posted a picture on Twitter, right, of him uh, 
of like him with the jersey on when he was yeah. out on the field. Yeah. And some people weren't happy because they thought that the lettering was a little bit too small. Um, which as you can see there, I, I can I can kind of see where people are coming from. I wonder if this jersey was like Oh man, we gotta like throw together an, uh, a jersey that says yeah. Rodriguez oh, on the yeah, back yeah. at the yeah. last minute. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't know uh, what number he wanted or whatever. Are we discussing how the small process. the font is on the back of the jersey? Yeah, is that's that, that's yeah. exactly yeah, what I'm, that's mean, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 it's gonna be interesting to see if that's the actual size. Right? I'll be very curious to see. Yeah, yeah. maybe it won't actually look that way on opening day, but a number of people were were saying that on Twitter. I, I agree with two BMC. By the way, I think the home off white jersey has grown on me too. Uh, I think seeing that in was person. that was my first. I'm seeing in person. Yeah, not would. impressed. No, no, no. I didn't totally like the lettering. I'm, I'm kind of with everybody on the lettering, yeah, which I think probably was more of a temporary thing. But I did like the logo placement. I liked everything else on the jersey as well. But it's uh, just so it's just a little plain. That's just crazy it's coming from just, you. It's, it's just not much there. And I recognize, as I admitted to Bo in the office earlier when we were talking about this, that the black jersey, the the alternate is like one of my favorite Diamondbacks uniforms ever. It, and is. it is exactly identical to the white one. It is simply in a different color scheme. Yeah. So I recognize my hypocrisy in that regard. But Also the, the fact time, that you wear the just, same jacket on this show almost every single day. I wore a different jacket about yesterday, it being I'll, I, have, I, I'll have you know I wore I a different jacket even. yesterday. I can't even. <laughs> uh, well, we, we do know that the jerseys aren't the reason that Erod signed here, but uh, we did get the reason why he did make the decision to come to Arizona. Here's what he had to say. Uh, I will say the family will the family wise because I um, I can stay here in Arizona the whole time. You know, it's been training season is here. Uh, probably like the biggest reason. The second reason for me was I know these uh, the, these guys are just coming out of the of the World Series. You know, I know they're hungry for for winning the World Series, and I and I want to be part of that. I know like how they're preparing and they're getting ready for for this next season, and I want to be part of that of that team. They're gonna bring a, a World Series here. Oh, fire me all the way up. Fire me all the way up. It's all talking about like the, the I mean, there was there was a certain sincerity to the way he said that, a certain confidence that I, I know that that's in my opinion, something that you, you probably should say in every introductory press conference. Sure. But I felt like he meant it. Yeah, if you sign with the team that was just in the World Series, you're sort of obligated in, in your introductory presser to talk about, yes, I, the team was just in the World Series, mm -hmm. and I like that about them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, well, and I mean, the fact that he says, like, I want to be a part of the team that brings the World Series here, right? It's not if, it's not, you know, I want to try. He, he he almost just said like I I, I want to be in a parade and I think like these guys gonna are gonna happen, yeah these, and this I is gonna happen be and I just want to be here for it yeah sure yeah yeah and it's also clear that uh, we've talked to we talked about this several days ago when the move first happened that his family is very very important to him and yeah his his ability to come out to Arizona and live in the same place full time yeah. uh, was was very clearly a big part of this of course if you're a pro athlete living in one place full time is not what it sounds like. Uh, he's still going to have to travel to a bazillion road games right. and whatnot. Right. He's not exactly going to be yeah. in Arizona all the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, we touched on it the other day, how his family was based in Miami throughout at least most of his time in Detroit, it appears. And I, I can't really imagine personally what that's like to have your, you know, your family somewhere else, yeah. um, you know, even on those those rare occasions that you are 
um, you know, you are playing home games. So I'm sure they, you know, I'm sure they traveled over there and, you know, still had some interaction, but he seems really excited about the opportunity to move his family here to Arizona from Miami. Um, and to just kind of, yeah, just have a, a nice setup, uh, for his family that he hasn't been able to have in other places yeah. uh, playing in Arizona. That's one of the draws the Diamondbacks will always have is that spring training is in the exact same place as, as your home games during the season. It allows for some continuity that you're not going to get anywhere else. Well, and we also know that he he took some time away um, due to personal issues. We know how how important family is. We know that his family was apparently living in Miami, uh, and and he was playing in Detroit. And then eventually, his family did last season move right, right before he was potentially traded to the Dodgers. And like all of that, like the idea here that you want to kind of stay in one location. So hey, maybe your first house you purchase or whatever is in Miami, and the way baseball goes, you're going to be moved around a lot. So it might just be easier to stay in one location as an athlete. I know we hear a lot about a, a lot of athletes that don't play here that have homes here in Arizona, right? Especially baseball yeah. players due to the fact that they do play spring training here. Yeah, and, and for sure. you know, it's just, it's just a place that people tend to live. They, it, it, it does just make it harder, you know, for, for you to have a normal family life when you're not coming home sometimes during the very long baseball season I, I like my wife is incredible when it comes to allowing me to do all of the ridiculous things i do with, with my friend mega ran and just take random <laughs> trips to chicago and philadelphia and such but like it, it's sometimes it's the family support that then makes me want to be with my family even more right like the fact that my wife is so amazing that she does approve of me doing this bonehead stuff at times makes me be like ah that's why i married her and i don't <laughs> i don't want to go sleep in a hotel room with this guy i want to go hang out with my wife right so like again there there's there's something about that time away and and, a, and the support of a family right that that helps you here but there's a lot to be said about uh erod and what he can offer to this team the stability i know mike hazen talked about that that it was just there's still a lot of question marks about starting pitching and the stability that Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez be, brings to a lineup that has still a lot of questions about it is is at least something that gives him peace of mind that this team is going to be better next year. He also has all the confidence in the, the young guys that were competing for a starting position last year and were in the starting rotation last year to come back like Tommy Henry and yeah. uh, Ryan Nelson and, and be potentially big assets for them for that final fifth rotation spot. He was asked about that today. Uh, you know, if the if the spring training were starting tomorrow, you know, what would that fifth starter spot look like? Uh, the assumption being that it would be, you know, a, a competition between Tommy Henry, Ryan Nelson, Slade Ciccone, Bryce Jarvis, you know, all those guys who, who got some time in the big leagues in 2023. And he did say that incumbency does matter to some extent there. And there are some guys who would maybe be higher on the list than others. He mentioned Tommy Henry specifically. Certainly no surprises there. Henry was pretty good for the D-backs uh, while yes. he was healthy. I mean, yeah. Tommy Henry... I know the, you know, there's not necessarily a ton of swing and miss there. You look at the peripherals, things look maybe a little shaky, but he had a low four ERA pitching in the rotation and, you know, starting every fifth day and, and he was good for the Diamondbacks. Like he was a pretty consistent pitcher for them. And even though the peripherals weren't always the shiniest, you know, there's something to be said for going out there and, and getting the job done and giving some length. He was able to pitch relatively deep into games as well. So, yeah, it seems like he's, you know, maybe the front runner for that spot. And uh, Mike also talked about Ryan Nelson and what he was able to give the Diamondbacks in the World Series, even though it was more of a mop up capacity. So 
Um, yeah, but also apparently the Diamondbacks aren't necessarily done adding starting pitching, which I guess is something we'll get into here. Uh, Mike seemed to still be looking at that as well. As well as Ken Kendrick might be uh, willing to open up his checkbook still and spend some more money. But um, back to Eduardo Rodriguez and this press conference, I think uh, there there is a lot to be said about uh, his confidence during this press conference. It's not easy to get up in a front in front of a bunch of us gas bags uh, and and sit there <laughs> and have the lights and the cameras all in your face and deliver answers the way he did. I felt like he answered things in a confident way that like makes you feel confident in him being added to this rotation. He was asked about his slider. I think our friend Jack uh, Summers, who filled in yeah. for me yesterday, asked yeah, about his slider. Of the show. Yeah. And uh, he, he gave an amazing answer, essentially, that like you haven't seen anything yet. If you yeah, thought the slider was, was good funny. last year, <laughs> wait till you see it this year, baby. And like, again, maybe, maybe some changes that he has in mind, maybe like something that he kind of learned as the season progressed and maybe it was like later on in the season that he was able to get even better with the slider maybe it's just the idea here that he is going to be working with the best pitching coach in all of baseball and is going to get better i don't know but there was just something about he, he he didn't even want to address how good his slider is because he was like it's going to be so much better in 2024 and that's very exciting considering that was his his best pitch by far yeah his his arsenal is is interesting it's a two more sliders and fastballs right no, no, oh, okay. he he doesn't throw sliders often. Oh, he okay. threw a slider 7% of the time oh, last okay. year. His arsenal, four-seamer, cutter, change-up, sinker, slider. Uh, he threw his four-seamer 44% of the time last year, which I want to say not necessarily a career high, but fairly high to throw his four-seamer that much, uh, more than in recent years. The cutter, he threw 18.7% of the time. The change-up about the same and the sinker and the slider were kind of like the distant fourth and fifth pitches. But yeah, it was a really effective pitch for him, uh, that slider. Opposing hitters hit 089 off of that pitch in 2023, and he had a 39.5% whiff rate, which is pretty legit for, for an out pitch. I imagine that uh, maybe less is more in a sense with that pitch where if he were to show it to to opposing hitters much more frequently, it might get hit a little bit more. Sure. But in this uh, sort of, you know, relatively small dosage, it seems to work really well. And and yes, as you pointed out, uh, he was he was like, yeah, just wait till you see it next year and then, <laughs> then tell me what you think about it. So that was that was a funny moment. And sure. we've talked about so many free agent starting pitchers that I'm 100 percent sure I'm now mixing him up with somebody else that throws a lot of sliders. Yeah, we've but talked about so many. I know, yeah, but fair. I mean, yeah, that, that is something uh, I don't know. Pitch deception, you know, things like that are things that Brent Strom is very much into and also cultivating someone's slider like that that was effective even if it was just effective due to limited capacity or limited usage yeah. is, is an exciting thing. One, uh, one other thing I want to point out on this, I asked a question about, you know, what what is it about Erod that makes you confident that he'll be effective, not just in 2024, uh, yeah. but in the years following that? I asked this to Mike Hazen. And, uh, and yeah, Mike talked about, uh, Erod's just the proven track record, of course, which is something you'd expect Hazen to have talked about. We've touched on this as well. Erod has been a pretty consistent pitcher throughout his career, but he also talked about adjustments that could be made and, and Erod's willingness to make those adjustments, which uh, kind of, I mean, at least made me think of Madison Bumgarner and how we it know that he was, not, time. he was time. not willing to make those adjustments was sort of the story there. And that seems to be, at least from the Diamondbacks' perspective, something they do trust Erod to do. Sure. That as he ages, he will continue to evolve in a way that Madison Bumgarner was not willing to do 
And, you know, that could be a, a really big difference between these two guys when all is said and done. If, you know, if you see Erod coming out next year with a with a new look slider, mm-hmm. you know, mixing up his pitch mix or whatnot. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, that's going to be a really big part of him uh, continuing to be effective in this league. It's always going to make us think of Madison Bumgarner because that's one of the most yeah. preposterous things that you could ever hear about anybody in any field at any time. You know, I mean, unless you are literally leading your league and you are the best player by far in the sport that you play. Uh, and even then you should probably still, still be trying to get better every single day, trying to adapt, trying to adjust, trying to get yeah. better. The the very concept that, that Bumgarner wasn't coachable any longer to me is, is by far the biggest red flag more so than his performance or anything else. And I can only imagine how frustrating that is when that's your entire job as a pitching coach and you're very experienced, you're very knowledgeable and all you really want to do is try to help, you know, but the diamondbacks are moving in that younger direction. And that's something that helps with a lot of these guys. But Erod, again, he, he's he, that, that coachability, that relationship, right. That was talked about a lot to get today too. his relationship with Mike Hazen from their days in Boston yeah. together, even though as Mike pointed out, it was kind of a short window, you know, and you also have the relationship with Tori Lavallo. All of that was reasons why, you know, he is here as a member of he the referred Arizona to, Diamondbacks. He referred to Tori as, as El Jefe. El Jefe, which yeah. is totally what we're going to call him from now on. <laughs> That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's Can we El make Jefe. a shirt? Yeah, we got to put that on his shirt. Yeah, because <laughs> he was saying he's his boss on the field, right? He's the boss in the dugout. And, like, he was just saying how excited he was to work with, with Tori and to work with all of these guys. But, again... Um, yeah, you know, that's that that's this is just day one, right? This is the the, the getting here. This is the adjusting, uh, by the way, again, with the family concept here, his family was there. He's absolutely incredible, beautiful family. Uh, and the Diamondbacks, it was very cool to see them. Uh, they had the pictures of the family on the scoreboard up welcoming him when they was uh, got that got to walk out to Chase Field as a Diamondback <laughs> for the first time. All of it was was very nice. It was very heartwarming. And especially if family is big to you, I can see how much that would matter uh, when when you're being welcomed to the team like this. They also did an incredible photo shoot with poses and stuff out on the field. Jesse hypothesized that there's a good chance those are going to be the Christmas photos because I absolutely would 100%. be using those as Christmas yeah, they're photos. Not, that, that wasn't for the D-backs. That was because they were doing the Rodriguez like family, stance photos and stuff they didn't back have to back enough stuff. shots awesome. for the family, yeah. uh, you know, the annual Christmas letter or whatever. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, it's a good way to, it's a good way to, to that's a humble brag sending out to the yeah, rest of your family. Yeah, I mean, if we had Here's my like, new forty million dollar job, uh, by the way, or excuse me, uh, more than that, eighty million dollar job. Eighty million dollars, yeah. fourteen uh, million in twenty twenty four. That's right, eighty that's million. Right. Um, but here uh, again, going back to the family thing, uh, here is what Rodriguez had to say about the the big question, right? The big question is why didn't you oh, accept the that trade thing? to the Dodgers? Uh, and it's not as it's not as exciting as as we want it to be. We wanted it to be scintillating. We want it to be some sort of <laughs> you wanted him rivalry. to just come out and be like, yeah, I didn't like that team. I hate. I didn't want to preach for that team. <laughs> I hate Freddie Freeman more than any other human being on the planet. That's all I'm gonna say at this time. Like that would have just set the world on fire. But no, uh, this was his reason. As a question everybody asked me, and I just want to be clear on that part. Like I literally decided to say no because I was, I was moving my family to 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 I mean to Boston, sorry, to Detroit right away. On that moment, I was moving my family over there, and and it was hard for me to leave my family over there. Like my wife and my kids, they don't really know too much about Detroit and about the the region over there. So 
I decide to, to stay with her. You know what I mean? Like, I know the team was in a good position over there too, and the organization was fine, and I decided to stay over there, you know, because I don't want to leave my family so far away. That's what, that's why I was talking about the West Coast, because uh, it was so far, like four hours, uh, five hours fly, almost five hours flight to, from there to, to Dodgers, I mean, to LA. So I don't want to leave them alone over there, you know. Like, they don't know too much over there and everything, so I decided to stay over there. Like, I literally was, was planning to use a get trade, and I got to um, like, say yes to a trade was just kind of close, like two, three hours. If no, I'm out, you know, so that, being honest with you guys, like, yeah. that was part of what I say no. Like, the, big, the biggest part of what I say no, so. It makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, I mean, he wasn't with Detroit very long. He only pitched for Detroit for two seasons. Yeah. So, you know, you, you knew potentially a move was coming up once you hit free agency. Uh, and, and then on top of that, you just moved your family to Detroit. And now here you are being traded midseason to, to Los Angeles. Like, right. again, as, as, as much as we wanted an exciting answer, it, it, it's pretty logical to not want to have to make your family move around that much, especially when that's seemed to be what they were kind of preventing by staying in one place and not making those moves to the different cities that he was currently based in. It is interesting going. I was looking at some of the reporting that was done at the time or earlier today, uh, just about, you know, were, were the Tigers expecting him to be willing to waive the no trade clause or because it's just weird. I mean, the Tigers didn't wind up trading Eduardo Rodriguez, which frankly didn't make any sense because why? I mean, if you're the Tigers, you certainly weren't contending. Why wouldn't I mean, I guess I guess the Tigers were like oddly close because AL Central shenanigans. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. But I mean, they traded Michael Lorenzen. It didn't really make any sense to keep Erod. And yet they wound up keeping him mm -hmm. because I mean, I, I guess maybe they were expecting him to be willing to, to waive that no trade clause in a way that he wasn't uh, going back and looking at some of the stories that were written. It's a little hard to tell exactly what happened there. Maybe there was some indication he would be willing and then, you know, he kind of decided that he wasn't. But you can certainly understand from that explanation why that wasn't something that he wanted to do. You know, these they're, they're athletes, but they're also human beings and they have families and you can understand why he wouldn't want to be that far. I mean, you know, Miami to Los Angeles, that's about as yeah. far away as you could possibly get in the U.S. So uh, it makes sense. And uh, yeah, we'll I mean, it sounds like the D-backs have the, the exact same no trade clause on on this deal here with Arizona. So, uh, you know, maybe down the road, the Diamondbacks are, are looking at trying to get him to waive a no trade clause or whatnot, but uh, certainly not anytime soon. What are you doing? Why are you doing that right now? To the, the introductory press conference isn't even cold yet, Jesse, and you're sitting here <laughs> enough, talking about enough. trading him already. This is why people are infuriated. They love I'm you, but this is what infuriates people about the no you. The no-trade clause that he had with the Tigers is the same one he has with the Diamondbacks, <laughs> and who knows, maybe. But yes, Just not, drop it there. Not Just anytime there. soon, Derek. Just not anytime there. soon. That would uh, make no sense. Yeah, because we're building, and we have more on what Mike Hazen and Ken Kendrick are building towards because – According to their comments today, it sounds like they are far from done. And it also sounds like money ain't a thing. Uh, we'll see. I don't know about that. But if you love money, a great way to make yourself some money is to get yourself some holiday scratchers from Arizona Lottery. Do it now. Get yourself uh, some lottery scratchers. Get your friends some scratchers. Great stocking stuffers. Of course, if you're a last-minute shopper like this procrastinator to my left, uh, you'll love 
the fact that they make great gifts and that you can basically buy them on the way to the party that you're going to. Uh, I am done with my Christmas shopping. And in fact, just to make you guys as infuriated with me as you were with Jesse about his comments about trading Erod, uh, <laughs> my shopping is not only done, but my presents are wrapped and under the tree. Hate me, hate me. Your hate only makes me stronger. But I do hate uh, you for that. Yeah, reason. no, you should. Yes. But there are definitely some uh, holiday scratchers in all of the stockings. Well, not my daughter; she's not old enough yet. But she gets to she gets to at least enjoy the money if we win it. That's for sure. Top prizes uh, can can top out at five hundred thousand dollars. So do not miss out. Go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. Find a retailer like our friends at Circle K near you at ArizonaLottery.com. You must be twenty one or older to play. Uh, again, Desert Financial Credit Union. They can get, uh, maybe they can help Eduardo Rodriguez get started on his home ownership jersey, a journey here in the Valley. They got me go. started on mine. And for more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted credit union dedicated to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and providing financial solutions that make lives better. You want to make sure that your financial future is in the hands of somebody you trust and that somebody that has your best interest in mind. So make sure to look to Desert Financial for checking and savings accounts, mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and more. When you open a free checking account online right now, you'll get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. And who couldn't use free $200 around this time of the year? Uh, we thank you guys, of course, if you're here in the YouTube channel. Also, if you're in the audio channel, I didn't mean to leave you guys out earlier. Make sure you're subscribed. We love you guys. We appreciate you for being here. Uh, also, make sure to leave us a review. Five-star reviews uh, help me fulfill my Christmas wish list of uh, increasing our uh, Apple iTunes rating, whatever it is. I, I just I just like five-star reviews. Um, and stop being... I'll stop getting drunk and screaming about the playoffs if you guys give us five-star reviews. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Ken Kendrick did speak to the media today. Also, Mike Hazen. Um, Ken's was a little bit more impromptu outside in the in the in the hallway there. Uh, Mike Hazen was uh, in the press conference room with Rodriguez, but uh, Hazen did make some comments about the Diamondbacks still looking to add to this team. He brought up the bat once again. He brought up an outfielder. He brought up. Uh, more pitching and he said by far they are not done adding pitching at this point so um and and he also made it sound like there's a chance that they don't add anybody else it's not to say like that they always uh that, that they always succeed in their pursuits he in fact had a question about if they if they pursued erod via a trade during the trade deadline that he would prefer not to answer we know the answer we know yes. the answer is yes we get it just yeah. tell us just, Mike. just, just be tell honest us. with us mike it's okay <laughs> he's, he's been so honest with us about other things in the past so i mean that's of course uh, a big thing but uh of course very good for the arizona diamondbacks especially with all of this news about shohei otani uh, being added to the dodgers roster obviously the diamondbacks need to make a move to get better. I know some of the questions you got asked yesterday in mailbag Monday was about like, does this make the diamondbacks now kind of have to increase their spending? Does right. it make them have to, I guess not get desperate by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, kind of, kind of be a bit more aggressive now that the Dodgers did in fact land the biggest free agency of, of the off season. Yeah. And I mean, I think our, our answer there is pretty clear. Just, be pretty surprised if the D-backs are, are changing course just right. because of just because of Shohei Otani signing with the Dodgers. It might um, it might help things if, if there's a little bit of a should yeah, we spend that maybe. little money? Maybe it, maybe it pushes uh, maybe it pushes Ken Kendrick to spend a little bit more money. But he also said today something very interesting that I know a lot of Diamondbacks fans want to hear that we got uh, some footage of Jesse, uh, and that is. 
that the Arizona Diamondbacks will have the highest payroll they've ever had. This is what Kendrick had to say. Yeah. Watch our team play, and we're going to reinvest those. I mean, the Diamondbacks are going to go on the field this year with the highest payroll in the history of the team. I'm not going to tell you what it will be, but it will be the highest payroll that we've ever had. And we're, as I think Mike alluded to, he's more uh, careful with his words than I am. Uh, uh, we have more to do. And, and, and he's uh, given, been given the authority to go make the team better than it is as we sit here today. Do you, think the, the, do you think the Rodriguez move would have been possible from a financial perspective if you hadn't had the World Series run? Uh, could have been. Yeah, some of what we've done, and we've made two. That was an interesting part there at the end, especially. like He, he still felt like uh, the, the moves that they've made, including Suarez and, uh, and obviously here with Erod, that they could have been possible. But it, it, even his answer sounded like they would have been a little less likely had the Diamondbacks not had yeah. the, the successful run in the playoffs. Didn't completely rule it out, yeah. but kind of seemed like, eh, I don't know if I'd bet on it. I don't know if I'd bet on the Diamondbacks being able to do the Suarez move as well as chasing after a pitcher right. of the caliber of Erod and, if, and, uh, if that hadn't happened. And then talking about adding more here, right? Like now we're yeah. talking about potentially adding more. Uh, he said he's not going to tell us what the budget is. <laughs> Which again, I mean, obviously they're a uh, they're the they're, they're a multi billion dollar sports franchise, so they are most likely going to have a plan in place. But like I said at times when we were discussing how much money they may or may not have left to spend in free agency, that's a fluid situation. I mean, they they might have a range. They might say we are willing to spend from this amount maybe to this amount. But the fact that he did say that the Diamondbacks will have the biggest. Um, you know, biggest payroll in team history is both reassuring and also not surprising because that was most likely going to be the case based on their spending. This team just hasn't spent that much money in the past. And yeah. even, even when they did way back in the day when we won ourselves a World Series, a lot of that money was, guess what? Deferred. Sorry, I just need to throw that out oh, there. Gosh. We're going to talk we're about gonna, that we're later. We're going to get into that later. Jesse, we're going to fight later. Uh, um, I'm, I'm still very curious what your side <laughs> of that is, is going to be because I know that I'm right. But uh, yeah, it, I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock into Ken saying that they're going to have the highest payroll. Not because it's I don't expect it to be true, but because I think that was kind of a foregone conclusion anyway, yeah. frankly. Yeah. Uh, the moment that they signed Erod, they weren't they weren't done yet. They still needed a right-handed bat. It's it's pretty difficult to pinpoint exactly how far away they are uh, from that highest payroll that they've ever had. That highest number came back in 2018 when the Diamondbacks were kind of pushing the chips in. Of course, they were you know had some success in 2017, made the playoffs, thought they had something going, trying to you know trying to get back there in in 2018. Obviously, things didn't quite work out. But according to Cots, they had an opening day payroll in 2018 of 131.5 million, um, and and currently, again, it's hard to do an apples to apples comparison because it's it's not totally clear which you know which number we're looking at. Are we including the injury replacements? Are we including the 40 man roster guys that you have to pay a little bit more, even though they're not on the active roster? But I think right now the Diamondbacks are somewhere in the range of maybe 125. I think is at least a reasonable estimate. Sure. Yeah. So if you're at 125, it's not a shock that the D-backs are going to end over 131. I don't think, not to say the D-backs couldn't really spend like some serious money here over the next couple of weeks, but him saying that doesn't really mean anything to me because I kind of expected that anyway. Yeah.
No, I, I completely agree with you. And not to mention the fact that I know this, I know we're talking about pre-opening day payroll, but arbitration is also going to be rough on them this year based on who is in arbitration and right. how well those guys did, especially being big parts of this team making the postseason like they did in 2023. I love talking to Ken Kendrick. And again, I, I just, there's, we talked about it before the show today. There's just something about Ken that's so honest. I mean, maybe to a fault, right? Like with a lot of this stuff, he even said Mike Hazen or Mike's, you know, Mike's going to give you a much uh, different answer than I am. Uh, we we noticed Derek Hall standing very close to him just in case he said something uh, that, that he shouldn't or whatever. But uh, I, I like the fact that Ken Kendrick is a very transparent person. And there's things when he talks about this stuff that feels like, you know, I, I know there's always going to be the perception by fans of almost most franchises that they're not spending enough money or doing enough for their team to win, especially when you have the Dodgers spending $700 million on a single player. It's going to be hard by comparison to ever look like you're competing with the Dodgers when it comes to their payroll in this NL West division. But yeah, uh, I, I just, I, I really do feel like at times Kendrick really does, you know, want the best for this team. And much like Lavallo at times when he's managing with limited resources, I feel like Kendrick and the Diamondbacks are, are just, operating with limited resources by comparison to some of the bigger market teams and and they are doing their best but uh that he did he did speak about the economic windfall from the postseason quite a bit and i think that's going to help things for this team uh, especially with spending and, and being a little bit more liberal with the spending uh another big thing that's going to impact that though is what the diamondbacks do for a new tv deal and kendrick also brought that up uh he brought up that they had several deals or several options basically before them and, and that they still haven't decided but here's what he had to say about a new tv deal for the d-backs you know i mean it's not something we would have wished to happen but we're overcoming it we, we'll have a uh, you know a very viable uh, uh regional television deal uh going into next year uh we're still looking at exactly how we're going to do it i think the fans uh would be concerned and should know that you know, our games are going to be available to them uh, as they have been in the past. With We would like to think high-quality uh, broadcasters uh, on whatever uh, platform we choose. And we have several choices that we're, we're looking at. I'm furious with Elise, Jesse. Were you she's there? Stealing your, she's stealing your thunder. Yeah, did Ken say anything about a new TV deal? I feel like she's just she's leading us, right? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> what Elise, should we talk about next, Elise? Yeah, <laughs> what should we talk about next? Do you want to talk about Ken Kendrick and some ballpark news? Perhaps we will. Hold on, but of course, uh, the the you know there there was kind of some jokes about the Diamondbacks maybe ending up on Channel Three, Channel Five, like the like the Suns did. Kendrick wasn't that wasn't out, completely out of play. He made it sound like that was even maybe one of the options that they were considering. So yeah. uh, he said, along with other ways to watch it, like a streaming option, it sounds like, or, or something of the sort. But yeah, it I mean, didn't seem to me that there was much concern. That was kind of my biggest takeaway yeah. from that. Yeah. Is you know you could hear it there. We're going to have a viable TV situation. It doesn't sound like the Diamondbacks are losing. Probably going to lose some money. I mean, that seemed like it was going to happen no matter what from the beginning. But it doesn't seem like their losses are so significant that they're, you know, in a really tough financial situation. Hence the the investments that they've been able to make. Obviously, the, the World Series money certainly helps with that. He spoke about that as well. But yeah, there's still some options on the table. Uh, he also was asked about blackouts and 
you know, how that could factor into this, whether the Diamondbacks are trying to avoid that and certainly are. Um, Derek Hall was was standing right next to him and, and referred to that as a preference that the Diamondbacks would like to have a TV arrangement where blackouts are non-existent if possible. Uh, they certainly, you know, talked about how they want everyone who's interested in watching Diamondbacks baseball to be able to. But that's not something they've they've committed to just yet. We all want that in every sport. We just yeah. we all want that in every sport. We all want to be able to buy the package for the entire season to be able to watch every baseball game and have that also include our favorite team that we live in the city of and root for. It's insane that this ever became a thing in sports. You know, I remember yeah. back in the days sitting down as a kid without the prior knowledge of if uh, Sun Devil Stadium sold out or not. Uh, getting ready to watch an Arizona Cardinals afternoon game only to be sadly disappointed uh, by the fact that it was blacked out simply because it wasn't a sellout at the stadium, right? So, like, these have just been bad for sports, you know, forever. And, of course, you know, I'm sure the, the teams don't want that. The teams don't want to limit people's access to watching them. The teams don't want to act limit, like, partner and advertising relationships as far as, you know, reach and and you know again if i'm yeah. an advertiser i'm not i'm not advertising locally on a for a team that's going to be blacked out the people here in town right. aren't going to see my ads right like yeah i mean teams don't like get a kick out of blacking out their their fans from their games right like this isn't something that they love to do or anything. I, I don't, I've never I'm sure viewed it that way. sure there's at least three owners out there maybe, that get a kick out of maybe. it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna, can speculate on which I'm gonna ones. I'm going to believe the best and say that that's not the case. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, there tends to be a financial component to this where – you know, if you're if you're selling off your regional TV rights, then you want it to be exclusive, right? If you can, right. if people can just go and and Watch get MLB.tv or whatever yeah. and have access to to in market broadcasts, well, those people aren't as inclined to subscribe to whatever you know cable network or whatever uh, that channel is being sold to. So, as much as it's clearly blackouts are clearly bad for baseball. And I don't think that teams like them, but there's a financial component to this that is a little bit hard to get around. But it seems like there there is maybe some momentum toward doing that. This is something that Rob Manfred has talked about uh, recently and that the Diamondbacks certainly seem to, to place some value on as well. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully for the for the betterment of, of the game and fans here in Arizona, hopefully that's the outcome. He had a real Tommy boy chicken wing pizza in the trunk kind of attitude about uh you know, the TV deals. He definitely did not seem like he was a man concerned at all about what the Diamondbacks are going to do next year. Uh, and I know that's a reference 100% this man next no, year. I have no get. idea. What you're that's why I throw about. it out there. I do these references just so that Jesse doesn't get them. It's, it's Damon, movie do you reference. get that one? Say it again. Are you asking if Damon got Damon? Did I you get know my Damon Tommy Boy reference? reference? No? No. Oh. <laughs> I might be soaring over you're a lot of heads here. You're on an island by no, yourself. No, I am today. absolutely you not. To, you I, need to know your audience. You know what? Espo <laughs> got it, and that's all I needed. I just needed one guy to get it. I will whittle my jokes down till just one person in the chat finds just them. Just one funny. person in the Chickens. office? That's it. That's all <laughs> I need. It's a low bar to clear, man. All right. Uh, but, of course, Elise also demands baseball renovation news, and we got to see some of those with our very own eyes. Uh, some of you also did, too, when – uh, attending some of these concerts at Chase Field, but it was very bright. The lights were very bright at Chase Field today, and it was actually a very nice sight in that big airplane hangar yeah. of a stadium to see it so well lit up. Uh, it definitely looked like an improvement. I thought it looked like the roof was open on a cloudy day when we first kind of 
because it's cloudy out, right? I, I thought maybe, like, I was like, is the roof open? And it was simply just the lights, which don't look much different from their old lights. Like, you're not going to... No, yeah, you can't, like, looking up at the lights, you can't... I, I think I could tell the difference, but it's pretty There's some subtle. lines in them and stuff yeah, that look different look, from the old Yeah, they do look stylistically, they're they slightly different. Yeah. But they were very bright. I wish my I wish I had my shady rays. Yes. As I was oh. walking into Chase Field. Oh, don't do like, that. That's not. I was like, man, this yeah. place is this place looks different. Look at Max is um, hovering. He's waiting to make yeah, sure you say hovering. the disclaimer. Max is like the it. boogeyman. He really is. You say a partner. And if you say any here we partner's are trying to, name, weird. We're trying synergy. We're trying to integrate our partnerships naturally in our here's, conversations. Here's a reference for you. He's the undertaker behind, he is, yeah. behind your yeah, back. Yeah, he just pops up out of nowhere behind the producer. The light flashes just sure. and you just see yeah. Undertaker yeah. just staring behind God, you. God forbid we say another company that isn't a partner, Jesse. That's really <laughs> when Max loses it. Yeah, see. We're going to start endorsing the lights company that put in the LED lights and stuff. Okay. See, there he goes. No free ads. Uh, anyway, uh, we definitely. We didn't even say the company. That's what I'm saying. So, sensitive lately um but yeah there's definitely some renovations going on maybe not a whole lot but uh i i did very much notice the improvement in in the lighting and how bright it was in there and it's it's definitely definitely a step in the right direction uh kendrick brought up chase field and he brought up like yeah he, he made a great comparison to it being like a vintage car where you, you sometimes with those old vintage cars they're awesome looking uh even to this day, after all these years, you don't want to look under the hood necessarily at all of the engines, but the public doesn't see under the hood. The public sees, you know, the car on the outside. And I might even I don't know be... if Chase Field on the outside is is quite like yeah. to a classic car yeah. level of coolness. I don't know. Maybe it's not bad. Maybe certainly. it's like one of those old Jeeps or something. Yeah, like when it, Jeeps used to actually be like meant for military combat and not for driving like, around the yeah, streets. It's like like a car from like the 90s where they're not quite old enough to be like cool just because they're old yet. yeah they're just like kind of old but like still functional a you know? 1992 lime green nice uh, toyota tercel that's what okay it is. there yeah, we go there that's we go. a chase yeah, just trying but uh, yeah no for sure there's definitely some things going on uh kendrick spoke about ballpark and potentially moving it did sound like things were leaning in the direction of them staying yeah field. he was uh the beginning of this question or the beginning of this he was asked is staying at chase field the most likely outcome uh he goes from there and then talks about some other some other stuff relevant to the situation so yeah here's what here's what ken had to say about that staying at chase is kind of uh, I, i'd say that's the more likely event uh but it isn't a final decision we do have flexibility in our lease you know, it's a public document, so there's no secrets in the lease. Uh, you know, we have the freedom to move today uh, uh, with no penalties at all in our lease. We have one year's notice, and, you know, I wouldn't probably be appropriate to go there, but we could leave Arizona, and there are some penalties if we were to do that. Well, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be ridden out of town on a rail <laughs> and with tars and feathers, <laughs> which is probably what would happen. You're goddamn right what happened. <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we even bringing up leaving Arizona? You're as bad as Jesse can. That's what Jesse does. He brings us down with this stuff after we were in the World Series. Not you. Don't say that. But yeah, I mean. He, he, he said it ain't gonna happen. He said it. He, he said he, he would get tarred and feathered. Yeah, yeah that's, he, that's, you know. well, and I know he has no desire to do that, but he definitely. Um, I mean, it's 
it's weird, right? Because it is an ongoing negotiation and part of the negotiation is played out in these questions that we, the media ask. So he does have to take kind of a stance if they are still negotiating about that, because you don't want, you just don't want the car salesman to know that you're going to buy the car no matter what, right? Like you got to try to play it cool. And if you don't, then, you know, you're giving up too much of the information. I'm sure the Diamondbacks want to stay in Chase Field. Not only does it make sense, like geographically, especially with everything that's going on with the coyotes and the mess that that situation has become. But you also just have the history of being in that building. Now that we've played in two world series, you know, the longer that we stay here, the longer that it makes it harder to want to be somewhere else. You know, it's like, we don't, we don't have a lot of things in this town that we kind of hold on to historically, you know, we kind of modernize everything, you know, Roosevelt road doesn't look the way it used to. And, and, you know, parts of this town kind of just continually get updated and Chase Field should too, but it would just be nice to have that, that the, you know, like like what Footprint Center has become. Like I still call it America West Arena. I still call it the Purple Palace, and people don't even know what America West is anymore. They're like, "What was no. that?" Yeah, it was an airline, kids. Um, I was but gonna say it was a bank. Yeah, you know, it was an airline. <laughs> God damn it, Chase. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, yeah, but uh, it does seem though like based on the renovations based on everything that we've heard that they're not going anywhere it seems like I would Field be, is, the, is the place yeah i would i mean and, and my and ken said it there as well that that seems to be the most likely outcome there um yeah i mean but, renovations are going to be expensive and so i think uh you know he referenced uh local uh politicians that you know maybe the diamondbacks having so much success in the world series maybe that influences maybe, maybe help us out a little bit yeah you know so i it just seems like they're still trying to secure some some help yeah. financially with with renovations that's at least my my understanding and those deal those details aren't aren't super clear at this point and the option of going somewhere else in the valley is still is still on the table even though it doesn't it's not on the center of the table. It's like barely on the table, like kind of about to like. Yeah, like you're getting nervous and you're watching if a dog or a small child walks by the table because, you know, they're going to knock it off kind of right, that's how close right, exactly. to the edge of the table. Um, Piece of Yoshi says Derek's ancient uh, LMAO. Can we just is it time to block Yoshi once and all? I think I think I think I hold that power. And now that I'm back, I feel like fully abusing that power and 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 making sure that you can't spread your fire Derek nonsense. I saw you up there earlier saying you should replace uh replace me. I'm not down with it. But Connor says what was bank one? A gas station? That was that's what I thought. I don't know. Derek Derek was around, he might know. Uh, no. No, it was a convenience store, of course. Um, <laughs> of course, we uh, thank you guys for being here. Um, Elizabeth says, fire Yoshi. Yes, there's that's a hashtag I can get behind. Uh, of course, uh, make sure you guys get that Die Hard membership uh, right now is still the best time to become a diehard member. So grab it, grab a diehard membership now. Join us, become part of the family. Get Jesse's newsletter. You get that free merchandise from the phnxlocker.com. So much more. Do that today. Also, check out BetMGM. Right now is a great time to get down on a great offer. You can get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If your bet loses on your first bet with BetMGM, all you got to do is download the Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit betmgm.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly 
newly created BetMGM Sportsbook account. Uh, use our code of PHNX to sign up, of course. Place your first wager, and you can receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If the bet loses, if the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Of course, sign up for BetMGM now and use that bonus code of PHNX. Get that. Get those free uh, bet bonus bets back if you lose. Place your first bet MGM sportsbook wager through the mobile application of at least $10. If that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Check out the show notes for full details and now listen to Shane. Talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. 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 Uh, Jack of, didn't do that with me yesterday. Yeah, I imagine he didn't. I yeah. did he bark for Damon? No, he didn't no, bark for Damon. Damn it. He's We're not, never allowing Jack on the show he's again. Not invited back ever he doesn't again. know our inside jokes yeah. that we don't share with him. He obviously he really, doesn't he really, watch the show. Yeah, he clearly should have known all those Kevin things. Kevin Giggle should have barked through. for Damon too. I'm that's a big miss on our <laughs> part. Uh also uh, it looks Ginkle like piece did. of Yoshi. What's that? I think Ginkle might have let out a little He let out a little rough? Yeah, it was it was not spirited. But yeah. no, I think, yeah, I think anyway. Damon imagined that in his head. I think he let's, did. Let's he just be wanted here. it to happen so bad <laughs> that he was Jake blinded in the dog. moment. That, that's a fact. There you uh, go. Yoshi's telling on you guys, by the way. He is telling. Uh, see, look, he's tattling on everybody. <laughs> he said, You didn't do the mailbag Monday at intro, which I'm infuriated. I that, tried to not do terrible. the whole spiel before mailbag Monday. I got us. I got us. Everyone got so angry at And then we also have him telling, he told Cogs, who just showed up, by the way, thanks for. Being on time again, Cogs. Uh, he told Cogs <laughs> that you guys talked about trading Alec Thomas yesterday, which Cogs is not going to be happy about at all. But oh, and and Roger Bessens is here, so everybody, the entire family's here. Thrilled to have him. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> speaking of the whole family, great place for you to go. Have a great time this holiday season. Uh, if you want to get out of your house and not have your family there, it's have everybody meet up at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Uh, I speak as a man who is currently dealing with having Christmas Eve at my house, uh, and I did not plan on that. I was looking forward to going over to someone else's house, uh. one of my brother's houses, and enjoying that. Uh, instead, now I have to host, and I don't want to host. I'm a terrible host, as most of you can attest to who watch this show. So what I can say is is a better alternative is just to have everybody meet at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. They have some amazing fine dining options. They have so much to do. They have that top, top golf swing suite. You have an unprecedented level, unprecedented level of entertainment. You have the slot machines. You have everything that you could ask for, 15 blackjack tables, Arizona's largest casino sportsbook, and so much more. So head to Gila Rivers Resorts and Casinos and let them show you what the next level is all about. You do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Play a visit play at gila.com for more details. And again, if you can't get the whole family to organize and go there, maybe you just take a staycation after they leave uh, because. I know I deserve it after my family comes and spends uh, Christmas Eve at my house. So I will be looking forward to my staycation. What I'm not looking forward to is the next discussion that we are about to have. I oh, am not looking, looking forward, forward to, to Shohei Otani being a mem member of the Los Angeles Dodgers for the next 10 years, Jesse. This was, as you put it, our worst nightmare come true. Yeah. This was the one thing we didn't want to happen. This was the one thing 
that we didn't want to see one place we didn't want to see him go. We were even like, go to San Francisco, go uh, Colorado, I guess. Yeah, I Colorado was right in the thick yeah, of this. They were in the thick of it. <laughs> um, but I mean, there is something to be said about this. I know that it has become the talk of the Major League Baseball world. Uh, is the is the deferrals that you know? Yes. There's ten years of sixty eight million after Otani's contract is up. There are two million dollars. Uh, he's get paid two million dollars a year for the next ten years, which is just crazy. I can't believe we're allowing this, Jesse. But you know the thing that I keep coming back to is we allowed this to happen. And when I say we, I mean Major League Baseball because you and I have no vote in what they do when it comes to CBA this negotiations and stuff like that. Um, but it really does feel like when it comes to this Otani situation that this might be the thing that causes them to take a look at all of these deferred payments, deferred contracts, but not for, so. a, not, not for a long time. And I mean, again, it's it, it seems wrong, but show me where it's wrong. Show me where there's a rule against the Los Angeles there Dodgers is, doing this thing. There is no rule, first of all. Uh, the collective bargaining agreement uh, is very clear that there is no limit on deferrals and contracts. And I wrote a column about this. So some people already know how I feel about the situation. Shohei Otani's deferrals are not a problem with Major League Baseball whatsoever, in my mind. The reason that limiting deferrals is completely unnecessary, at least in my mind, is that they're not in players' best interests, right? If you're deferring substantial money in your contract, you are walking away from money, right? That's right. how money works. A dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. Correct. So Shohei Otani, in, in walking away from that much money and deferring that much money in this deal, $680 million of the $700 in this deal, Otani is foregoing a significant amount of value here. You can have a gripe with that. You can take it up with Otani and his agent, right? There's a case to be made here that Otani actually signed a contract that's well below market value. The current day value of this deal is actually $460 million, not $700. That $700 figure, honestly, is not very meaningful. This deal is not a $700 million deal. It's a $460 million deal. And yeah, I mean, the deferrals, I guess, help the Dodgers in that... Um, you know, their, their competitive balance tax, you know, that's been sort of the talk of the whole situation, uh, that, you know, they're not going to pay, they're not going to have $70 million, um, you know, toward that competitive balance tax threshold, they're going to have 46. But again, that 46 figure is just a reflection of the current day value of the deal, which is $460 million, not $700 million. So I don't think there's really anything wrong with the deferrals here. I just think that Shohei Otani only got $460 million, and that's kind of surprising to me. I thought Otani was going to get more money than that, right? It kind of felt like the floor here was $500 million, you know, somewhere between $500 and $600. Maybe things go a little bit north of that. I'm a little bit surprised, given the deferrals here, that he wasn't able to get a little bit more when all was said and done. But he did get seven hundred million. He did, yes. Technically, this I will is your acknowledge ex woba all will. over again. I don't care about your expected stats, Jesse. And I agree. In the end, this the only person that this does hurt is Shohei. I agree with that. And That's he why understandably is able to do it because he's getting so much you know, money, forty from, million dollars in endorsement deals or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, the, you can pay him two million dollars and he'll be okay. Deal, right is like one of the biggest deals, endorsement deals yeah. in sports history. I that alone. Know. Yeah. Um, but you have right, like you, 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 you just get to a point where you have so much money 
that what do you need more money for? Like if I gave you $2 billion and gave you a Brewster's million type deal, which is another movie I know you have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if I told you you needed to go spend $2 billion in the next 48, 48 hours, you couldn't. You literally couldn't. Not in a way where you didn't have assets that were worth the money that you paid for them under your ownership thus giving you not actually spending the $2 billion, right? And you just yeah. can't go give it all to charity. It's part of the rules. But anyway, there is something to be said about having enough money. Otani has an ungodly amount of money, I'm sure, already, not to mention the fact he's going to keep making that year after year after year. What's more important to him is to be able to potentially walk away from the game of baseball when he still can, while his knees are still good, while his hips are still good, while his back's still good, and be getting paid $68 million a year to just sit around and do nothing for 10, 10 years. That's crazy, right? And like yeah. it's kind of like the Bobby uh, Bonilla Day thing, right? That's yeah. what we all compare Otani Day to, and that's what Otani Day will be like. But Bobby Bonilla is sitting fat. When he gets those fucking checks, you know what I mean? That man is a happy man. Sure. Those the, checks aren't for $68 million. No, you're though. right. But still, that's the point. The point is, is that they're still for a million dollars. And could you imagine just getting sent a check for a million dollars every single year? That's nuts to me. That's just nuts. You wouldn't get me to do anything. I wouldn't even change out of sweatpants. I might just be in, in sweatpants and a tank top and a zip up hoodie every single day for the rest of my life with no shoes. Because I could send a million dollars randomly in the mail one day every year. But I'm, I, I'm, I think the thing here is, is once again, um, and, and we might disagree on if Major League Baseball is ever going to actually do something about it. Because I don't at think the they end need of the day, to. Otani only deferred more than 97% of his contract <laughs> because he makes a bonkers amount of money in endorsements. Yeah, I get other it. players it's wouldn't not be willing to do for this. other players, but still yeah. it's terrible and it shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be able to defer that much of your contract period. But regardless, we disagree on that, but we both do agree that this isn't, there's nothing you can do to stop this. There's nothing like there's people that no. literally want Rob Manfred to come in and stop the decision and somehow reverse it and not allow it. <laughs> it's to go literally through. in the collective yeah, bargaining it's agreement. Part so of it doesn't it, exactly right? have good legal ground yeah. to stand on. Yeah. What Otani did here, Derek, is Otani signed a 10 year, $20 million contract with the greatest retirement pension in human history. That's basically what he did, right? He's making $2 million a year for 10 years. And then he's going to make $68 million a year for 10 years thereafter. These are things that like we're used to in our day-to-day -day lives, not, not a $68 million annual pension, but we're used to the concept of like 401ks, right? Like retirement accounts. Yeah. When, when you have a full-time job, they're not literally giving you, they're not putting in your pocket all of your compensation immediately. Sometimes they're putting it in some sort of retirement account or pension or whatnot, money that you get later. This is just obviously a very, very extreme case of that. Um, going back, Tim had an interesting comment um, about the no state. He says, you guys aren't thinking about Otani's deferrals in the right context. His take-home pay is higher than he get with a non-deferred contract because he doesn't have to pay California state tax on it right now. Well, I mean that yeah, as long as just, he moves out of the state of California where he, where he is yes. when, when yes. the 68 million, but yeah, right. he goes on to say if he moves to Miami or another state, uh, then th not no state tax, but just not the same amount of state tax. But yeah, if he goes back to Japan, for instance, that's another thing that could be obviously different that that's, that's a good point about potentially, but you're not, if you're Otani's camp, 
you're, you're not taking less money because you're like, oh, you're right. Like, you know, California taxes or whatever that that shouldn't. I, I still think that Shohei Otani probably should have come away with more money here, given the volume of deferrals. That Did you that want a one billion dollar contract, Jesse? Do you think he should have gotten a one billion dollar contract? I, I haven't Say done those words. I haven't done the math to figure out exactly what it should be, but it should be somewhere between 700 and a billion if you're gonna if you're gonna defer that much get out i'm just i'm get telling out. you Derek. there are get people out. in the go, players union go. you take that take the jar you get out you take the money go pay your money go pay your billion dollars to otani my god yeah there's only a few dollars i know in there. You, like, you have a whole lot more money that you need to put in there I do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah like it's there are going to be people in the union frankly that are not going to be happy about this because this is Shohei Otani taking a present-day value deal of $460 million. Like, yes, he's trying to do the Dodgers a favor and all that stuff. But in doing the Dodgers a favor, he is walking away from substantial money, as I said earlier. This isn't this isn't just like a loophole where the CBT allows you to hide the actual value of a deal. The actual value of this deal is $460 million, and the CBT simply reflects that. Yeah. So this is just Otani kind of just taking a lot less money than I expected he would get. Um, and yeah, granted, he's going to be okay. Uh, you know, I, I, under, I understand okay. from his standpoint, he think, doesn't necessarily need to maximize every dollar. I, I think, honestly, there's probably a reason for him doing this that he's not publicizing. And there's probably a plan in place that is beneficial to him that we don't really know, like the like what he plans to do with the money or where he plans to live after the contract's over or sure. whatever the case may be, right? But he will be, uh, he apparently was offering this to everyone. So that's, that's another thing I want to make clear. This yeah, wasn't, this wasn't just, just, like, just a oh, Dodgers deal. This yeah. isn't just like, oh, the Dodgers, like they, you know, they're always right up against the luxury tax. Let me try to help them out. This was, according to reports, something that he was willing to do for any team. And obviously the Dodgers were the beneficiaries of that. But frankly, the Dodgers were the favorites in this from the very beginning, and I'm not totally shocked that that's where that's where things landed at the end of the day. I'll tell you this much: there's gonna there's gonna be a point in the future where it's going to hurt to be playing paying a player that's not on your roster sixty eight million dollars. I mean, they're paying Mookie Betts as well, like well into the twenty forties. Right. Freddie Freeman has right. deferrals too. Right, they're going to be paying like. Like eighty million dollars in twenty forty three to Shohei Otani, Mookie Look, Betts, maybe Freddie Freeman. I can't remember if he's still on at that point. You can charge that um, credit card up all you want, but there's gonna come <laughs> a day where you're gonna realize the debt that you're in. There's gonna be a day right. where you reach your maximum, you know, limit. <laughs> right? You're 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 gonna see that that credit card hit the max, and you. I mean, again, it's the Dodgers, right? They're they're like the Yankees, they're like these other teams. They're just yeah. always gonna have a competitive ba- uh, advantage over the rest of baseball based on how popular they are and based on a lot of factors, based on how much money they bring in, you know? And that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I wrote today is like the, if there's a problem with baseball being exposed here, it's not that you shouldn't be able to defer 97% of your contract. That's weird and bizarre and I get it. Um, But at the end of the day, that was just Otani being willing to just sort of leave money on the table in this situation. That's his choice to do that. Even if, you know, some people from the players union aren't super happy about it. The bigger takeaway for me is just that, yeah, the Dodgers clearly had a leg up like in these negotiations, right? You know, even at $460 million, like there's a lot of organizations say what you will about, you know, some owners should, should spend more. I certainly understand that view on things. But there are clearly some organizations in the sport that just shouldn't allocate $46 million, you know, of true value to a player 
uh, every season. It just, it, given the constraints that they have, it just wouldn't be wise. Whereas for the Dodgers, it's something that they're that they're just able to absorb. And the Dodgers will still have to pay this money, by the way. It's not the way that the Dodgers will actually finance this money. They do not just pay Shohei Otani $2 million a year and then suddenly they pay him 68. Although I guess that is technically what happens. But behind the scenes, they it have to finance. Yeah, they have to finance that money. I think within like a year or two, they have to start putting away those eventual that eventual deferral money right now, basically. But, um, but so yeah. as Ken Kendrick discussed today, they also get paid, the if, if they do it in a way where they get paid interest on that money, then the team does make money off of that interest Theoretically, that they're putting into that yeah. account. And considering the size of it, right? Like you and me putting $100 into an account where we get like 2% cash back ain't really moving the needle. But when you're talking about putting $68, $70 million into that account every year and getting that same 2% cash back, then maybe it does does go a little bit longer, right? But um, here's what Kendrick had to say about the Otani deal and uh, not really being that mad about it. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff. He starts talking about how it does help the Dodgers from a luxury tax standpoint, which is true. Like, uh, you know, if it was just straight 10 years, $700 million, um, you know, that obviously would have had significantly different, CBT. Yeah, different tax implications, which, of course, as I said earlier, uh, Otani basically walked away from money by doing this. Uh, but, yeah, he starts talking about how it helps them from a tax standpoint, and then he talks about just Otani as a player in general. Percent times 24 million. Last time I looked, is 4.8 million. So they do get that savings. It's not as though they're not doing something attractive for themselves. But you got to put it in perspective. Now, he's, as I said and would repeat, he's a great player. Actually, I think it's good for us that we get to compete against him. Uh, you know, he's, his last I looked, he's one of nine. Mm-hmm. And the last I also looked, he's a designated hitter. He's a great player. Is he the second coming? I would suggest not. <laughs> would you like to have a player of that talent on your team? Of course, everyone would. And, you know, we'll have fun competing against him. We already did have fun competing against him. He's so reasonable there. You know what I mean? Like, everything yeah. he said is so sensible, and it just is what it is. Uh, the Diamondbacks made their appearance in the World Series, but that still doesn't mean that they are just a Shohei Otani away from being back and winning it, right? In fact, Shohei Otani on this team would complicate things quite greatly in a few years, even with the deferred payments because of the $46 you know, million dollars yeah. hitting the CBT for this team, right? But... Did you, know, you did you catch Ken saying his little his little shade? his little last side check? He's should, a DH. Should we get some sunglasses for throwing shade? Is this we don't have a shady race read today? This is the second one. He very quickly after that said he's a great player. Like, I think he realized like oh I don't want to be the guy throwing shade at well, no. Otani. Like but what, he's, <laughs> what he's meaning, especially next season, just the implications yes. of next season, and we don't know beyond that. It's. Nobody's hoping Shohei Otani doesn't pitch again. Nobody. But what we're saying is you just never know if Otani coming back from what? His second Tommy John yeah, surgery? Second. Although we don't know if it's Tommy John. It's just elbow surgery. Just there. elbow surgery. It's just right? elbow surgery. Um, but <laughs> again, you don't know if he'll, he'll be the same pitcher he was, right? So yeah. from, from And that's the reason why this is a huge risk and only a certain number of teams could take on that risk. But what what Ken says is is dead on. He is technically in 2024 just a DH, right? And like right. he's not gonna hurt you in the in the in the two ways that he was able to hurt you before. Still probably gonna hurt you 
from an offensive you know standpoint quite a bit, but it's still just one guy. And and again, one guy doesn't make an entire team. What we saw with with the Angels was yeah, in fact well, they had two that. guys, <laughs> and, and they and it still didn't equal the team being good. So I mean, from that perspective, as Diamondbacks fans. Maybe this isn't good for the Dodgers. Maybe them pursuing Otani and having him on this team isn't that vast improvement that you know that everybody thinks it's going to be. I think you know? it has to be good for the Dodgers. Like I just can't talk myself into it not being good for them. Just oh, from like not, a, yeah. no, just from like a brand standpoint, and they're gonna you know everything. they're gonna they're gonna rake in a good amount of money just because of him being on their team as well. So not to not to mention it's a team that already does that well with like. Yeah. big name players internationally and things like that. His so. brand is going to grow pretty well in Los Angeles yeah. for sure. But yes, there is at the same time. We talked about this a little bit yesterday with uh, when Jack was on the show. There's a valid case to be made here that you know when all is said and done, Shohei Otani adds two wins to the 2024 Dodgers. Like I don't, I don't think that's an unrealistic outcome. JD Martinez was their DH for most of 2023, and soon will be ours. And he was really freaking good. And uh, Otani was even better. I mean, Otani was still substantially better than uh, than Martinez in 2023. But, you know, is he going to have a 180 OPS plus again coming off of surgery that theoretically wouldn't interfere with his hitting, but might, you know, to some extent, at least it might take him a while to to kind of get back into the groove of things. We saw that with Bryce Harper coming back uh, from Tommy John earlier this year with the Phillies. So. Yeah, it's it's possible that you know there's not a huge benefit here from a standing standpoint, at least in in 2024. Uh, BC in the chat has been trolling us because he's a Dodgers fan, and then he wants to know why his comments were put up on screen. I think you answered your own question when it comes to that. Uh, Connor Mormon says Dodgers doing all of this just to stop one man, Corbin Carroll. Goddamn right. Uh, well. Of course, if, someone I saw some. I think it was Major League Baseball posted a picture of Betts, Freeman, and Otani <laughs> on on Twitter and said like, "Who is who is stopping this trio?" And someone quote tweeted it. It was like some number four starter you've never heard of in the first <laughs> round of the playoffs or something like that. I was like, "Well, we'll see." Got uh, him. <laughs> that is that, that has that has happened. Oh, got recently. him. Got their ass. That's fantastic. Well, uh, of course. We implore you, if you are out about doing some Christmas shopping, to stop by our friends at Circle K. Fill yourself up. Get some gas in your car, of course. Uh, Circle K is America's thirst stop. They also have some of the cheapest gas you can find. But if you sign up for their Inner Circle membership program right now, you can save 25 cents more per gallon on your first five Phillips. I saw it was down to below $3 over here on I, I saw that yesterday. Fantastic. Yeah, couldn't I, get, I went. I took advantage. Uh, you also save three cents per gallon every day after that. And if you uh, you can get buy five, get six free on a selection of Circle K products, including pizza, coffee, and ice cold fountain drinks. Uh, check out their app right now because they have uh, 31 days of Circle K on there, which will give you a discount, give you free stuff, all sorts of great stuff. Of course, the Circle K snacks are not to be slept on. You can join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at Partace participating locations visit circlek.com for details uh and last i've tried to be a good husband to some of you other husbands and let you know uh as as much as it's it's not the flashy fun gift that sometimes buying a playstation 5 might be uh your kids will love new flooring in the house they will be like yes dad let's go you won christmas no i don't mean the kids they will hate it but i will say <laughs> your spouse will absolutely adore you uh for putting that work in and of course uh now is a great time 
to get down on some home renovations, just like they're doing over at Chase Field. Check out Empire today. They will make shopping for floors simple, and they'll make those beautiful new floors look so good that even the kids will be excited about it. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. And they know you're busy this holiday season, so they'll let you get it done at home with their virtual floor designer, which is a great way to see how the new floors will look in your any space. Uh, you just have to snap a picture and instantly see how the new floors will look in your room. And I guarantee you, no matter what you're planning, there is nothing, nothing your spouse will love more than renovating that home. So check out Empire today. Uh, they also service their own warranties, which if you've ever tried to deal with other companies before, you know, sometimes you got to chase down got to chase down the installer. Sometimes you got to chase down the manufacturer. You got to do all of this stuff to get to get things repaired or installed correctly. Uh, Empire Today will take care of that. You won't have to track down a manufacturer's phone number. They will service the warranty for you. You can schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 discount when you use promo code PHNX. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. And that's all we got. Great day shout out for the Tim. Diamondbacks. Shout, shout out to Tim. Shout out Tim. Tim says, just want to thank you both for keeping us all informed. There was a large void in D-backs coverage until you guys came on. Tim, thank you so much. We appreciate you guys, of course, for being here. You guys make it fun. Uh, there was a time where Jesse and I were basically talking to just each other and I think Elizabeth in the chat uh, and, and, <laughs> and Chris. And now you guys are here and you make this so much for, more fun for us. Was I not good enough for you, Derek? Is that no, you, is Jesse, that you? you know you weren't good enough for me. You know that for a fact. I'd sit here and do all sorts of movie references and quotes and you didn't get any of them. It made me sad. But <laughs> well, nothing's changed on that <laughs> nothing's front. Changed. So. <laughs> After two and a half years, nothing's changed. But uh, we appreciate you guys for stopping by. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. This maniac next to me is at Jesse N. Friedman. Uh, Damon is the people's producers you can find him people's producer there there's only one people's producer uh you can find him at damon dog that's d-a-w-g of course we are damon's dogs roof roof bark oh, we're never gonna get we're never gonna get that one right but of course <laughs> uh, our show is at phnx underscore dbacks and all roads do lead to at phnx underscore sports on twitter instagram and facebook again we thank you for stopping by very excited to have erod here in the valley and can't wait to see what this diamondbacks team uh, looks like once spring training rolls around. Of course, we appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when you get paid $68 million per year every year after you retire.